everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And you know what? I'm starting to think that maybe we're the bad luck charm. We finally <laughs> just about devote a whole episode to softball last week, and they get trounced out of the Conference USA tournament. Yeah, they they did some trouncing themselves, but yeah, didn't didn't end up the way we we hoped. Yeah, uh, things looked good in that first game. Remember, they were the number one seed, so they actually had to wait a little bit to play. But finally, their opponent was announced as Marshall. And I think at least us two were excited to get ready to go and see what this team that ended the season so hot could do in this tournament where every game matters so much. It's a double elimination tournament, so you're allowed to lose one, but losing two gets you kicked out. And uh, I really think Marshall should have just been kicked out based on how this first game went. Yeah, I mean, it was really... Tech firing on all cylinders, but Marshall actually got out to a pretty good start, uh, surprisingly, because Audrey Pickett came out on the mound to start the game, but she immediately gave up a home run on a full count to the first batter, then forced a ground out, but then gave up a second home run, so that's two home runs and three batters to start the game, Uh, but she was able to escape the first inning, only allowing those two runs. On the offensive side of the ball, uh... Let's let's just say that Tech's bats were alive against the Marshall ace pitcher, Sidney Nestor, who, by the way, was named Conference USA Pitcher of the Year earlier that week. But she had pitched a complete game the day before. So, you know, maybe she's a little tired. Maybe Tech figured her out early, but they put up four in the first inning, three in the second, another four spot in the fourth inning, and then five runs in the bottom of the fifth to win in a run rule walk-off fashion uh 16 to 8 is your final score in those five innings of play so yeah what wasn't the best game from uh marshall's pitching staff for sure the texters also as you just heard gave up eight but it doesn't really matter when you're putting up the offense to to score 16 right yeah and some of these stats are just as insane as the score is the only texter with an at-bat that did not have an rbi was Lindsay edwards yeah, we had, <laughs> let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight batters who all had RBIs. Uh, yeah. And Lindsey Edwards, the third baseman, being the only one uh, that did not. So, uh, and, and so she kick her went, off the team. Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm wrong. They all had RBIs. I was looking at the walks. For some oh. reason, I saw that zero by her walk. But yeah, she's. No, the only person without an RBI who played in this game was tech pitcher Audrey Pickett, who did not go to the plate. So, uh, sorry, uh, Lindsay Edwards, I did not mean to slander your good name. You had one RBI in uh, on one hit and two at-bats. Also scored yeah. two runs. Yeah, that wasn't uh, the most impressive stat line, though. Sierra Sacco, three for three with four runs, two RBIs, and two walks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reached base <laughs> each time she went to the plate. Yeah. Also, Maddie Green, three for three, only three runs, though. So she was slacking a little bit, uh, yeah, two RBIs on. and only one walk. I mean, geez, what's what's wrong with you? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and then one more stat. Amanda Gonzalez led the team with three RBIs. Uh, yeah. But just I mean, every if everyone gets one, yeah, no one gets one. That's what if Incredibles everyone... taught me. <laughs> anyway, so you've seen uh, Incredibles, I guess. I have seen Incredibles, okay. uh, but I wish I would have watched Incredibles instead of this game two of the tournament against North Texas. Yeah, uh, this one was brutal. The revenge game for the Mean Green after Tech won two of three on the field earlier this season on this very field. The tournament took place and it didn't start out well for the Texters. Lauren Menzina got the start for Tech and then gave up a double. Then a throwing error on the shortstop allowed North Texas to score two batters. 
into the game. So two batters up and a score already comes across. A home run makes it three to nothing in the blink of an eye. UNT added three more runs in the second and third, and then two in the fourth to go up 11 to nothing before Tech could find their only run of the game, a solo shot from Amanda Gonzalez that mercifully made the loss 11 to one instead of just getting straight shut out. This was brutal. Yeah, I mean, uh, Friday the 13th was not kind uh, to the Tech. It was Friday the 13th for them, too. Yeah. But I don't know. It was not it was not the Texters day. Uh, they had 14 hits in game one. And, you know, like I said, everybody had an RBI in game two. They went down to four hits uh, with Amanda Gonzalez being the only multi hit game and the only RBI, obviously, on that solo home run. Yeah, I mean, it. it's interesting that Marshall, you know, in their game two, a.k.a. our game one, they decided to pitch their ace back to back. We decided to give Audrey Pickett a little bit of rest and maybe that's the move when you're, you know, when you're in the driver's seat and you have a loss to give up. But I don't know. I wonder if you do this differently if uh, but it doesn't matter who's pitching if if you're only going to have four hits, yeah. you know, the day well, we after. We've talked about that with baseball before and games that the pitcher doesn't do well, but if the offense doesn't score any runs, then it, it doesn't matter. At least one of them have to perform. Yeah. And unfortunately, that meant Tech had to play again on Friday night, Friday the 13th again, uh, this time in the elimination semifinal. Whoever wins this game got a spot in the championship game the next day against North Texas. Uh, Let me just read verbatim here what Malcolm Butler says in the game recap, which is two lines (laughs) of this game. The highlight of the game was Sierra Sacco's leadoff single in the first, her 82nd hit of the season, which broke the single season hits record formerly held by Amberly Waits. And yeah, that that's the highlight yeah. of the game. And he was not lying because that was one of three hits that Tech got mm. in the game. Uh, they did score on a fielder's choice in the third inning, making it three to one. But Western Kentucky, uh, who was the third place team in the conference this regular season, you know, really, really had Tech figured out um, or, and Tech's batters couldn't figure out the pitching. So, yeah, it was Audrey Pickett on the mound for this game. And she did a she did a fairly decent job, you know, limiting it to five runs when she only had, you know, a little over 20, like maybe maybe exactly 24 hours worth of rest uh, to come in. And, and she pitched, you know, uh, she pitched the complete game again, gave up nine hits and five runs, but uh, only the one walk. But yeah, Katie Gardner for Western Kentucky had Tex batters, uh, you know, spinning around. She had eight strikeouts, only two walks and only gave up the three hits and one earned run. So, yeah, it it sucks, but it's been a great year, I think. And, you know, it's not how we wanted it to end. But, uh, you know, can't say enough about what the Texters have done this year and how ahead of schedule they were. They were picked to finish seventh in the regular season preseason poll uh, by the the coaches and everything. and you know, to go out there and prove everybody wrong, finish first is uh, no small feat. Yeah, especially when you look towards the future, too, beyond just outliving expectations that were given to them this year. Only three players on this team are set to graduate. I think we tried to go through this last week as well, but golf, picket, and green. Everyone else is back. Sierra Sacco that just set that record and that horrible game against Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. she's back next year. Quite literally the most prolific hitter in tech softball history across a single season OPS of 1.046 batting was this 441 yeah is that batting yeah yeah that's the batting average. yeah <laughs> yeah 
because because she's not really a power hitter from what i can tell she didn't hit any home runs i don't think ichiro numbers yeah uh, just slap hit or get on base uh gonzalez is back next year another player with an ops above one brooke diaz like these are some good players coming back next year yeah i, I mean it's a very very good core of players and this is before josh taylor uh, and I apologize for always saying Turner because I'm dumb. But uh, Josh Taylor has, you know, a full offseason to recruit, a full offseason to go out and, you know, get Juco players that that fit what he's trying to do. Right. I mean, he came in what kind of in the summer last year, if I remember correctly, like it, it wasn't it wasn't right after the season or anything. So he's going to come in and have more time to develop more time w- in practice with the players that he's got. I mean, this is this June is the beginning 7th. of. Is when yeah. he was announced. Okay, so not not too far into the offseason, but still, yeah. you got to get your legs under you. You got to, you know, he probably had never been to Rustin before, and here he is trying <laughs> to recruit people to Rustin before he yeah. even gets there. So, I mean, now he can he can hang his hat and say, "Look, everybody doubted us, and we, you know, we proved him wrong. We finished first when they said seventh, and you know, he can he can talk about the facilities from experience now versus just like, look, it's shiny and new." Right. So I think, uh, you know, and he can go out to these high school seniors and say, I want you to be the Sierra Sacco of this team next year. Right. And by the way, Sierra Sacco is still here for three more years. Right. So like so, yeah. And and we mentioned um, she she broke that record. That record was set by Amberly Waits, uh, who became a Tech Hall of Famer in the class of 2019. She played softball at Tech from 2007 to 2010. Uh, leading the texters back to their first regional uh, since 95. So um, hopefully, you know, that's in the near future for tech as well. Obviously, it hasn't been that long since the last time we made one in 2019. But, you know, this team feels like it could be very special moving forward. Yeah, I mean, we saw them almost do what baseball did a few years ago and just make the right coaching hire and immediately turn the program around. Actually, they did it faster than baseball. Took Greg Goff a year to get back to 500 and then another year to get into the NCAA tournament. So maybe that's what happens this year. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're starting from that point, right, you know, if you're starting from a first place finish in your first year of your quote unquote rebuild, right? Like, I mean, yeah, it's not like tech was awful last year or anything. They weren't they weren't, you know, terrible, but still it's uh, it's very impressive. And um, yeah, I think uh, I was reading the article or I was skimming through the article of Amber Lee Waits Hall of Fame induction in 2019 and it said that you know she's got all these records that will probably never be broken it's like man well i don't know because we got somebody <laughs> like breathing down your neck now amberly waits if you're a listener yeah. probably not but you know yeah maybe yeah and so that ends the year for softball most likely can't imagine that they'll get a, nah, a it's tournament. already it's already been announced i checked okay. well so, then yeah. even more certain than that they won't get a tournament invite uh, because that leaves one last team still playing this year. We have track and field. We have golf still having some action, but I don't understand enough about either of those sports to even try to talk about them. But baseball is still well, going on. Actually, before, before I mean, you say that golf, we've actually got a, a guy, uh, I believe his name is Sam Murphy in the NCAA regionals here. So let me, since you brought it up, let me go, let me go figure this out real quick live on air here. He finished uh, round two earlier today at minus two for the day and minus three overall in the tournament, which puts him tied for eighth in the Norman, Oklahoma regional. Uh, Let me pull up this article here. 
uh, overall individual on a team that does not top finish in the top five to qualify for nationals. What does that mean? So it, Tech as a team didn't qualify. So he has to finish in the top five of individuals. But if a team, if a, one of those individuals above him is on a team that qualified, then they don't count for that oh. standings. So we'd have to go oh. check every team, see if they're qualified already. Um, but I mean, if he's at number eight right now and the top five yeah. get in, and then there's some exceptions to that, he's not far off of qualifying. Well, he and he went up 10 spots by just shooting a, a minus two today. Um, so I, I think if he's able, and obviously this will be happening tomorrow when the podcast comes out. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Hopefully he can, uh, he can have another good round tomorrow and, uh, and make it into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. And hopefully he'll be joined there by the baseball team. I assume the tournaments are different, but hopefully the baseball team also makes the NCAA tournament. Well, they all swing sticks at balls. So, I mean, I guess, you know. It's similar yeah. enough. Golf is just T-ball on the ground, if you really think about it. And we're Man. done thinking about it. Yeah, this my- past weekend, Tech Baseball took on Western Kentucky at home at J.C. Love Field in the final games at J.C. Love Field for this season. And they probably could not have gone better. Yeah, the seniors decided that they were not fucking around in their final <laughs> game at J.C. Love Field. They, were, they, were, uh, they wanted to defend their house and... Uh, they 100% did that. Yeah. And so let's go ahead and jump into these games. They'll go by pretty quick because, well, they were pretty boring by the end of them. Uh, is there any better way to start off a series and with a home run in the first at bat? Well, Taylor Young delivered and another run comes across in the first inning. Uh, but Western Kentucky, making it close at the beginning at least, cuts that two run lead in half in the second inning. George Corona hits a two run home run in the third to make it a 4 1 game. But Cade Gibson gives up five hits that end up scoring two runs in the fourth. And Western Kentucky keeps bouncing back and keeping this a close game whenever Tech tries to jump ahead. It's now four to three in the fourth. Uh, We're going to move ahead into the sixth inning where three singles loads the bases full of Bulldogs. A run comes home and then the bases are reloaded for Cole McConnell with two outs who hits a grand slam to bring them all home. Nine to three Louisiana Tech come back from that Western Kentucky. Uh, they try to get one run back in the top of the seventh, but here's how the bottom of the seventh goes for Tech. Single, single, sacrifice bunt, single, walk, strikeout, okay. A wild pitch, a throwing error, a walk, a single, another wild pitch, and a double. It was 9-4 to four at the start of this inning. Now it's 16-4 to four Bulldogs. And after yeah. quite a couple of final innings, this one is over. Louisiana Tech wins it 16-4. to four. Yeah, where uh, where's the run rule at? That's you know, I've been I've been conditioned it wasn't to Sunday. softball now. Yeah, if it was Sunday, it's, it would have been. But softball is just like fuck it, man. I don't care what day it is. <laughs> I don't care if it's the <laughs> conference tournament. You're up by eight in the fifth. Who cares? It's over. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I mean this this game. I mean, geez, let, let's just get through all the games and then we'll talk. Because yeah. <laughs> fair uh, enough. You know, the Saturday game, uh, do we even have to talk about this, Nathan? I mean, come on. It's Saturday. We're 12-0 yeah. on Saturday going in, uh, which is just an absurd stat based on how this season has kind of gone. It hasn't been as dominant as we hoped. But uh, if you're coming, look, if you're coming and and you it, it's Saturday and you're on a baseball diamond and you see a Louisiana Tech jersey on the other side, uh, you might as well just pack it up and go home because you're not going to win. Three run first inning by the Bulldogs uh, definitely got us on the right path here. 
another run in the fourth, two more in the sixth, another in the seventh. Uh, That's a total of seven runs. And Ryan Jennings really pitched very, very well. You know, through seven, he allowed zero runs for Western Kentucky. Uh, But they did finally get a run up on the board in the eighth and another in the ninth. But there wasn't a comeback. Uh, It was seven to two. That's your final. Bulldogs 13 and 0 on Saturdays now. I want to jump back to talk about that Saturday streak in a second, but first let's talk about the Sunday game. Uh-oh, for the first time all weekend, Tech ends the first inning without scoring a single run. Oh, what has gone brutal. wrong? Yeah. Uh, two innings later in the third, Western Kentucky actually takes their first lead of the weekend thanks to a two RBI single to left field. And perhaps that was the wake-up call the Bulldog bats needed on this Sunday afternoon. Here's how the bottom of the third goes for Tech. So the next half inning after Western Kentucky takes their first and what would be only lead of the weekend. Tech starts off the inning with a single, a single, a wild pitch, a double, a ground out, but then a single and a double. Corona fouls out, but after a walk, Jackson Lancaster, who somehow didn't make that best names list, uh, comes out, comes up with two on and two out. And he sails it over the right field fence, making the score now seven to two Bulldogs. Tech ends up even getting two more runs in the 7th and 8th, but Western Kentucky's completely blanked after that third inning, only hitting three hits and scoring zero in those final six innings of the weekend, and Tech completes the sweep with an 11-2 blowout of the Hilltoppers to complete senior weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just Western Kentucky, thanks for coming, right? I mean, yeah. you get you get outscored 34-8 to eight in three games, Um Western Kentucky's not a terrible team, but Tech decided to stop, you know, messing around, right? They, like I said, the seniors, the seniors decided that they weren't fucking around in their final weekend at home. Let's talk about these seniors a little bit, Nathan, because I, I know we want to talk about the series, but I think this is the the big story here. You know, you got you got guys like Jackson Lancaster who came in this season, uh, became a contributor both on the mound and at the plate. Obviously, talking about home run <laughs> uh, hitting. But some of these guys that we're talking about here are program defining, you know, young men who have given everything to this school, brought tech baseball back to and and arguably brought it to its highest point, potentially uh, hosting a regional last year. You know, they still have they still have games to go this year. They're not done yet. But, you know, seeing that Taylor Young, for example, when he came up to the plate, got uh, in the eighth inning on Sunday, got a standing ovation and then got walked, which is just such a Taylor Young thing. Like, <laughs> like you know, the, you'd think the guy's going up there swinging for the fences, right? And just like trying to go out, you know, leave leave somebody with a souvenir of his last at bat. Like, nah, he, he's going to work a walk. Like that's Taylor Young through and through. Uh, he'll hit a home run if you'll let him, but he will absolutely take that walk to get on base as well. You know, I'll, I'll let you talk, Nathan, for a yeah. little bit. I've been, I've I just been going kind on of on here. List the guys just to list them all right here. Cade Gibson, mm-hmm. Ryan Jennings, Taylor Young, Jackson Lancaster, again, kind of a newbie to this, but Jarrett Worf, Kyle Krieger, Steele Netterville. Wow. Yeah. Those are some program defining guys right there. Those are those are people we'll be talking about in a few years, the same way we talk about Trent Taylor for football or we'll talk about Lofton for years to come. These are guys that... That took Tech from a good program and made them a great program you know, the last couple years. when they came in, right? But Yeah, but we would not have hosted a regional last year if it were not for these guys. 
we wouldn't oh, be yeah. on the cusp of 40 wins this year if it weren't for these guys. And these guys, again, you know, with the tornado, these guys sticking it out with this program, not a single player left after the tornado. You know, these guys could have left. They could have said, you know what, I'm good enough to go play at some other school that has a field this year, right? I'm good enough to not have to put up with waking up at 6 a.m. to go practice at the high school and, you know, play at the high school, right? So, but they didn't. They stuck it out. They were Bulldogs to the core. Guy like Steele Netterville coming back when he got accepted to med school, right? He's he's ready to move on with his life and go become a doctor, right? A freaking doctor. Like, this, yeah. guy, this guy's smart as fuck. And yet he's just like, you know what? I got one more. I got one more ride in me with the Bulldogs. I'm coming back gets med school deferred he's still gonna be a doctor you know and uh if you're in if you're in the shreveport area in like five to ten years you know go see dr netterville right but and you know the the pitching guys too i mean you just can't say enough that's like those are starting guys from this year and last year just huge like you said program defining guys um yeah i I don't i don't know what else to say right (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we'll miss them. We still have more talent on this roster. It's not like those are the only guys letting this season and last season happen, but it will hurt next year not to see those guys out in a Bulldog uniform. Another one of these seniors that we we mentioned very quickly, Ryan Jennings, he was the starter of the Saturday game. He started quite a few Saturdays this year um, after some time in the bullpen, if I remember right. These Saturday games, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it is. Is it that our Friday night night guys not as good as our other as their Friday night guy, whoever we're playing, but then our Saturday guy is better than their Saturday guy. I mean, this week against Western Kentucky, it's kind of a mute point because we beat them all three games. But we've struggled against Friday night pitching, and then Saturday we'll just come out and blow the pants off of teams. And I Yeah, I it, mean it's it, fun to see the streak continue. It's it's crazy because even like even the Southern Miss series where we didn't play particularly well, we we did enough to get it done right on Saturday. You know, the other two games we gave up, we gave up eight runs each. And then in in that Saturday game, we gave up two in the first inning. And uh, but Cade Gibson stayed in there, you know, kept working. I think a lot of it is I, I don't know what a lot of it is, actually. Like, yeah. what's the difference between Saturday? Because Cade Gibson has started on Friday, too, right? Yeah. And recently that's been his his go to games. I mean, my thought is I, when we played Old Dominion, their Friday night starter is lights out and then their other guys weren't as good by any means. And so maybe yeah. it's just that while Ryan Jennings has been good in getting those wins on Saturdays, we don't have the stellar arm that we ha- that Jonathan Fincher was supposed to be this year. Uh, he's still been good, but he hasn't been the possible Kusa Pitcher of the year kind of player that we had expected him to be. Right. Uh, my thought for why we've been so good on Saturdays. So tech hasn't lost a conference game on a Saturday since May 8th of last year against FIU lost on a Saturday. That was the first game of a series though. Cause it got pushed back. That was at FIU. If we're only counting home games, they haven't oh, lost that on was a the Saturday. Game that was a game. It started Friday and we were up and then it got like yeah. lightning delayed so long that they pushed it to Saturday morning. So I don't know that that counts. Yeah. So if we want to rule that one out, then we have to go back to when we were playing two games every Saturday because of the four game series. So Marshall on April 24th of last year. Wow. Uh, we lost a seven inning game. I don't think seven game inning games count. So we have to go back even further. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we probably have to go back a year. Well, OK, no. March 13th against Arkansas was our last bona fide loss to the number one Arkansas right. Razorbacks. But you remember what was also on a Saturday last year? This was in the Conference USA Tournament. Or those two games against Southern Miss. Oh man! S- Saturday Don't come games at the Bulldogs on Saturday. 
Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, the NC State game, the first one in the NCAA regionals, was on a Saturday. But and let's not count that either. For for some, we'll find an excuse. But yeah, it, maybe this won't continue. It seems more like a fun stat thing than an actual trend or something that's important. But they've been good on Saturdays, and when the conference tournament's taking place over a weekend like this is, I mean, if we get to Saturday, maybe we can do the same kind of thing we did last year and get to the finals after some some magic happens. Hell yeah! I mean, I think. Um... It's tough to project that out with pitching, but I think you're onto something with, you know, our pitching staff must just be more balanced and have better arms across in combination with our hitters being better on Saturday, which I'm sure you could write a script or something that makes, you know, team batting average on Friday versus Saturday versus Sunday. But I'll leave that yeah, to and, you. And that's typically how that works is that teams bat better the further the weekend goes along because you start your best pitcher Friday, your second best pitcher Saturday, and your third best pitcher Sunday. But like you said, I think the balance works out to where Tech doesn't have such a weak guy on Sunday and such a strong guy on Friday, but they've all kind of balanced out and Saturday's that sweet spot. But we mentioned that conference tournament a second ago and the current 2022 conference standings. Louisiana Tech is back to second place in conference thanks to a sweep over Western Kentucky over the weekend and some help from some other teams. I think, looking at it, if Tech sweeps Charlotte this upcoming week and Southern Miss gets swept by Middle Tennessee, I believe, then Tech will be the number one seed of the tournament. That's asking for a lot of things to go right, so let's talk about how they can go wrong. Tech is one game ahead of UTSA and Middle Tennessee, and they are two games ahead of Charlotte, FAU, and Old Dominion. So it's real tight up here at the top. None of those five teams just below Tech play each other either. So that means it is possible... That if Tech gets swept by Charlotte, UTSA sweeps UAB, FAU sweeps Marshall, Old Dominion sweeps Western Kentucky, and Middle Tennessee sweeps Southern Miss, Tech would fall to number seven. Wow. Uh, luckily, the top eight teams get in. There's no first round buys or anything, so it's not really that much of a concern. But really, you'd hope to avoid being on the same side as Southern Miss, and that means you're aiming for seeds one, two, or three. Because if you're the one seed, that means Southern Miss is the two or three. And if you're two yeah. or three, hopefully that means that Southern Miss is one. Yeah, well, I think we're probably the only ones that can catch yeah. Southern Miss, right? That sounds right. Well, I guess MTSU could theoretically be the one seed if they were to sweep USM and we were to and lose. tie them, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't see that happening, but I mean, I guess anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, the big thing here is that for Regional Watch 2022, right, Tech is currently at uh, 53 or 54 in RPI, depending on what you look at. And Charlotte is down at 75, according to what I'm looking at now. So, you know, we're on the road. So that'll give us a little bit of a boost, I assume, if we were to win, you know, two of the three or best case scenario sweep. But Charlotte's a pretty good team. So we'll get into them in a second. But remember that goal for RPI at the end of the year is to be at least in the high 40s, right? As close to 45 as you can possibly be. If not uh, higher. We should be 12. Obviously, obviously lower. Obviously, you know, 30s would be great. But I I don't at least this weekend. I don't know that that's possible. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the series against Charlotte. Uh, Evan, what does this? I feel like I should know what they are by now. They're about to leave the conference. What is it? How are these 49ers on the baseball diamond? Yeah, I mean, they're they're decent, right? They're not as good as, you know, uh, God, I feel like halfway through the season, we felt like Conference USA was like doing terrible and they were, you know, only going to be able to put one team in a regional and it was going to be Southern Miss. Right. But like, really, they're not that bad. And part of that pessimism was because Charlotte and Old Dominion kind of took steps back. 
Uh, but Charlotte's actually done pretty well down the stretch here. 33 and 18 on the year. Number 75, like I said, in RPI. Back around that time where we were pessimistic about the conference's chances, uh, that was around early April, and they were pretty rough in early April. They got swept by uh, the Roadrunners and the Golden Eagles and only took one from MTSU, split a two-game series against the number 234 team in RPI, Winthrop. Uh, So, you know, really rough stretch there for them. But since that point, They've turned it around. They lost in extra innings to the number 23 team in the nation, North Carolina. They dropped one extra inning game in the FAU series. Uh, But those are the only two losses since that MTSU series ended on April 16th. So that's a long time ago. That's over a month ago. So 14 and two in their last 16 games. That is crazy. So, I mean, this is a hot team. My God. Yeah, they're currently playing South Carolina at South Carolina, who are when I type up the notes, they were number 69 in RPI. They're up to 68 now. That's less oh, nice. Uh, but what is nice for Charlotte is that they're now on top. Uh, in the top of the seventh, they're up on the Gamecocks 8-3. to three. So, I mean, their RPI may may go up a little bit, and that helps Tech, too. Players-wise, for this Charlotte 49ers team, they have three guys with an OPS of above one. There's your headline. Tech just right now has Taylor Young. Uh, Taylor Young's OPS right now is 1.102. David McCabe's is 1.342. That's wow. that's significant. Uh, he gets on base more than half the time he go, heads up to the plate, gets a hit on 30% of his chances, so a 300 batting average just about, and walks 22% of the time he steps up to the plate. Uh, and he makes those hits count to 28% of the time he gets a hit. It's a home run. Wow. I, I'm scared of this guy. Uh, Cam Fisher is another one of their hitters, one point. 020 OPS, another home run hitter type. 29% of the time he gets a hit, it's a home run over the wall. This team is scary at the plate, especially with these three guys, but they also have another three guys that have an OPS of above 0.9. So this team is stacked top to bottom on the hitting side of the ball. That's that's how you say that, right? Pitchers wise, their best is Matt Brooks, ERA of 2.58, which is an ex- excellent ERA for a starting pitcher. Uh, does not walk a lot of batters 9% of the time. Does he give him a walk when he faces a batter? That's pretty low. Uh, relievers, though, is kind of where they fall apart. Uh, Kyle Krigger's ERA right now for Tech is 1.56. Ryan Harland, even after a couple bad games last week, has an ERA of 1.73. Let's see, Tech has four guys with ERAs below four that they've at least faced 20 batters. Charlotte, meanwhile, has zero. Their best reliever is Colby Bruce, who has an ERA of 4.54. Wow. Uh, that's Solid for a, a middle of the pack reliever. Get some innings out there. Not not a closer type though, but there really is no closer types on this team. This may be a game where Tech falls behind at the beginning of some of these games, but then maybe the bats can come alive against some of their relief pitching. Yeah, good. I mean, that's that's really nice to hear because <laughs> you know hopefully we can keep the bats going like they were last uh, last weekend and you know winning two late late series. Uh, in the season what would really help you know especially if we can get a sweep but what do you think what what do we have uh you know going on the road to charlotte here charlotte's red hot what do you think nathan i mean tech is red hot too if you take just this one week in a capsule but tech has looked like i think i was just scrolling through twitter a second ago looking for a tweet of the week i think i saw someone mention the fact that tech looks like a host a regional team some weeks and a get swept by a d2 team other weeks 
It's just it's hard to figure out which of these teams will show up. It's on the road. So you don't have that home crowd going for you. I mean, I think I'm being optimistic when I say Tech wins two of three. I feel like I'm being awfully generous and that really, I think, a one of three weekend is more realistic. Yeah, I mean, let's see. I'm I'm trying to count the games since. So Charlotte is 14 and two since April 16th. Let's see. Tech is I'm counting correctly. Tech is 13 and six in that span. So, I mean, not terrible. You know, it's it's yeah. not a terrible run. But, you know, just just last weekend, Tech kind of sucked at home against Florida Atlantic, who's yeah. not awful. But, you know, they're they're a conference tournament team, but they're not they're not Southern Miss this year. Right. I mean, it's you know, so I don't know. It depends on which team shows up here and if it's the team that played with that fire and that, you know, that last weekend, honestly, it's the first time it kind of seemed like our hitting from last year, right? Where it's just like, man, these these guys will hit anything. They don't care. And yeah. uh, so for me, it, it really just depends on that. And it's really hard to predict this series because Charlotte has a ton to play for, too. It's not like we're playing a team who's already locked into their seed. I mean, Tech could be as high as the one seed, as low as the seven seed. I believe Charlotte could be as high as the two seed and as low as the seven seed. So, I mean, this is going to be a, a like a... <laughs> you know, a bloodbath, right? <laughs> There's, yeah, they're leaving it all out on the field this weekend to go into that conference tournament, you know, because, you know, given that extra effort late on a, on a Friday night in game two here could be the difference between having to play on Wednesday in the conference tournament and getting a buy until Thursday, right. Yeah. Or getting yourself on the other side of the bracket from, you know, the killers at the top of the bracket. Right. So I don't know, this is, this is tough. And I think Charlotte's been playing, some really, really good baseball. So, uh, I mean, my gut is saying one and two on the weekend, but I, I want it so badly to be two and one or, or three and oh. And I think that the way that the seniors came alive last weekend, I'm going to, I'm going to go against my gut and I'm going to say they're going to find a way to get this series win on the road, go out in their last, you know, regular season action, their last conference USA series and and find a way to win scrappy on the road so i i think two and one on the weekend because uh, you know taylor young steel netterville uh kate gibson right these these guys don't want to go out losing a conference series yeah and that will lead us into the conference usa championship series that will be in hattiesburg much to our dismay uh boo let's go to the tweet of the week i'm just giving it to this one just so we can talk about it if nothing else this week's tweet of the week goes to at slam underscore university just because I wasn't really paying attention when you were going through your uh, prediction about how this weekend will go, because I was too hypnotized by this video of Junior Loft and doing Junior Loft and things on a large size stage, hoping to get drafted and and everything like that. I mean, he put up some highlights this week. I mean, after looking at this video, I I think he's getting drafted. I, I mean, my God, like the the biggest change. Okay, so so Junior Lofton has been putting in some fucking work y'all my man is down 20 pounds from when the season ended like two months ago like the season didn't end that long ago yeah and and it ended he stopped doing like he when the season yeah. ended is when you're supposed to gain weight <laughs> so he he put in work he's been training he's been working with you know with nba scouts he's been meeting with teams and he got invited you know his hard work paid off he got invited to the g league elite camp which is what this uh this you know clip video is from and 
yeah, I mean, he's been working on his game. He's got a long range shot now. That's like, yeah, he hit a three pointer in this video. I, I mean, like not, he hit a couple three pointers at tech this year, but like he was left wide open for 87 seconds and took his time lining it up. You know, yeah. this, this, he did like a stop and pop three pointer, right? Like he gets past the ball at the top of the key and just immediately goes into his shot motion, nails it. Like if he can do that at any level, you know, I mean, my God, he's, he's yeah. going to, he's going to be in the NBA, right? If he can add that to his game, also playing against, you know, other prospects sort of at his level, uh, still doing the same junior, junior loft and shit, right? Like still, still being a bully inside, still pulling down nine rebounds in like 15 minutes of action, right? Like, I, I mean, what else do you want from the kid? Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't, if, if this man comes back to tech, Let's just say our account might be getting blocked by some people <laughs> because <laughs> we're, we're going to we're going to go stupid on this motherfucking bird app. I'll tell you that. Like, yeah, I, I think our joke was that uh, that will get announced the same day as the home field deal. Well, and we'll just burn oh Twitter God. to the ground. If if there's a Kenneth Lofton Jr. Louisiana Tech branded home field shirt, I'll literally buy 10 of them. I don't care. <laughs> I don't need 10 of them. I'll just wallpaper buy your house with them. Yeah, basically. I mean, look, I got. I got a, a room here that has some wall space left, barely any, but <laughs> I, look, I'll pin up, I'll pin up eight Kenneth Lofton Jr. home field shirts. I mean, yeah. did you used to have a window right here? Well, now it's a shadow box for my <laughs> junior Lofton memorabilia. It's backlit. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, go look up Kenneth Lofton Jr. Uh, on Twitter and just read people talking about him. You know, it's, it's just so cool to see, you know, other people that, haven't been paying attention now know who he is and you know he's doing his best he's working his butt off and i just i hope he gets drafted like i think obviously i'd love to watch him in a bulldog uniform again but like i just hope he gets drafted he's putting in the work he's so good he deserves it and he doesn't need to go anywhere else to to play a year right he can he can play the nba now yeah so might as well come back yeah and i i told uh i was telling my friend i went to game six uh yeah no, I went to game four of the uh, Mavs Sun series uh, last weekend. And I was mm -hmm. telling my friend who I went with, who's a big Mavs fan. I was just like, man, you want me to be a Mavs fan? Just there's one way to do it. There's one <laughs> yeah. way to do it. Get get it to where I can buy myself a junior Lofton Mavs jersey. And I'm I'm there. Right. Like whatever team he goes to, Catherine and I are going to be big fans of that team. So I may have to buy my first jersey since my New Orleans Hornets Chris Paul jersey, the only basketball jersey I own. So <laughs> that will make a nice second. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's been a while since we've talked about Kenneth Lofton Jr. on this podcast. So I feel like, you know, this this like 20 minute segment here to end the show is uh, is worth the wait. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope he gets drafted and we're we're watching with, uh, you know, just. I feel like a proud dad, right? <laughs> I have nothing to do with this guy's success, but I'm just like, I'm just like, man, like, I just want, I just want what's best for him, you know? And like, I just, I hope that, uh, that NBA teams see that too. Yeah. I, NBA teams should be his proud dad is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm a little lost in the metaphors, yeah, but uh, I, let's just go ahead and cool. wrap this one up. That about <laughs> wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please on Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can do this week's baseball contest. Two weeks left. We have the last regular season week of the year and then the conference tournament. And that's it. 
And Evan, have you seen the standings yet this week? Uh, I, I did see that. Okay. Um, I, I say, had a I've... four point week, which is yeah. really good, but I'm still uh, uh, my my boy LaTeX report got back in it, huh? Yeah, I was going to say I have good news and bad news. The good news is that Go Herd Please Don't Die fell all the way to fifth. The bad news is that you fell to third. Uh, so that I'm not too much strong hate I'm against still, Go Herd, but just a I'm tech fan right. should win it. Yeah. Look, you don't want to pay shipping to West Virginia. Come on. Yeah. Even though that's closer to where I am. Uh, <laughs> Lot Tech Report don't tell them that. Don't tell them regains that. the lead with eight points. Uh, now up to 33 second place. Harris Downer with 31 and then you Evan with 30 uh, still in the running. Uh, but like we just saw, eight points were scored this weekend and there are two weeks left. So lots of guys still have a chance to take home the GoTech Please Don't Die special made baseball for the contest winner. Uh, and you can do that gtpdd.dog slash contest. And while you're there, go ahead and click on the shop button to head to the t-shirt store where this month's shirt of the month is a go pump it up shirt. Well, not go pump it up, but just pump it up shirt featuring balloons as the letters. And yeah, it's fun and playful and you should get it. $25 uh, gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And go tech. Please don't die. And that will lead us into the Conference USA Championship Series that will be in Hattiesburg, much to our dismay. Uh, looking at yeah, looking at the logo of the the championship uh, tournament logo, I guess. Uh, last year was brought to you by Air Force Reserve. This year, and apparently in past years, when it was a Biloxi, it's brought to you by The First, which I think is a bank. But it makes every year's championship logo look like it says The First Kusa Championship, which it's not because there were previous ones. So that's my quick five minutes on why sponsorships are bad. Let's go to the Tweet of the Week. 